Hey guys, welcome back to the Sons of Thunder podcast today. <laughs> Dude, come on! <laughs> we should actually do this. I'll keep it going. You should just do this. Just, just cue it in as the actual okay. intro. We'll do it again. Hey guys, welcome back to the Sons of Thunder podcast today. We're going to talk about spiritual maturity. <laughs> John's choking. We can't, we're so not mature. I mean, like, just look at this. <laughs> He swallowed another Zin. All right, you know what? Check out the podcast. We're talking about spiritual maturity, what it means to live a life of faith, fellowship, and fitness. Big surprise there. Check it out. Sons of Thunder is a podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered around faith, fellowship, and fitness. Welcome to the Sons of Thunder podcast. You got Eric. You got Sean. Jacob. Can you hear me? Yeah. John. It's oh, you John. sound good. <laughs> What's up, dude? So we're casting in a cold garage right now. It's not that bad. No. It's pretty mild. It's pretty mild. Did you guys grow up like a cold baby or a warm baby? You know how people say like, oh, I'm naturally chilled. I'm naturally... Oh, yeah. People like run hot or run cold. Yeah. I mean, any any... Any relation there? Any banter worthiness there? Nothing? No. <laughs> Swing and a miss? Swing and a miss. Wow. Here, let me record this. You know, 7.35. The, the table's empty. It just feels like this is kind of dry. We need like a bottle of bourbon or something. To, well, the know, you know. podcast I sat in on in Denver, they, had, they all were drinking like some weird Mexican pop, and they would play random games like, you know, don't get your finger caught in a mouse trap or... Uh, Flick things at each other. That sounds so fun. Yeah, it looked like a lot of fun. So, can I flick something at someone right now? <laughs> Go for it. Don't flick me. Has <laughs> uh, anyone ever stuck their finger in a mouse trap? No. I've stepped on one. Really? You stepped on one. How was that? It got the side of my foot, so it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Oh, I put my I finger, like finger in a, or like the, the, like the low-key off-brand mouse trap. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. The Walmart yeah. second shelf. It stung a little, but I got one of those. Cabela, so it's real, man. Those shows where like someone has to walk through a, a hallway of oh, oh mouse Fear traps. Factor, right? Fear Factor. With, that was with Joe with Rogan. Joe Rogan, yeah. <laughs> Equinated hair. Jeez. Yeah, so, it's been around for a while. <laughs> Did you guys ever do any high school pranks? High school pranks. Oh like yeah, in your in your coordinated. Yeah. Like I would love to just talk about high school pranks for high school pranks. A I mean, chunk right I used to have TP houses. Mm-hmm. That was always fun. <laughs> and then hope it rains. Yeah, and then hope <laughs> oh it rains. Oh my goodness, you're the worst. <laughs> but that's but like I was saying, like pranks in the school. Like in the school, we school. we we had a stupid senior prank because every year we do senior pranks, but every single year the seniors get suspended. After their senior year. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so it's just like our school is super strict. So we just wore our pajamas because we had to wear our uniforms every day. So we just wore our pajamas one day. Hmm. And then we had a detention what? afterwards. Oh, so you, yeah, you had we uniforms. Had like a, yeah, we had uniforms. And then we had an all-school detention. The fourth break over there. <laughs> so did you guys have like a no-tolerance policy? With like... With, with the senior prank? Yeah, because... I think it got out of hand a couple of years ago. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, we have zero tolerance for this now. Because uh, yeah. I, I feel like someone did the cow or something I like that. I did the cow. You yeah. did the cow? Well, I didn't do the I didn't do oh, it, but my, my grade did it. God. Explain just, the cow. That so, is so, so bad. You know, you live out in Stillwater, Minnesota, right? And so, like, there's farms near you. And so someone with a trailer puts a cow on it and then brings the trailer to the door of the school and then lets the cow go in the school. <laughs> and then it just can't go, whatever. It can't go downstairs. It can't go downstairs. But, okay, my my opinion <laughs> is we've gotten soft. I feel like, because, like, yeah. my, my uncle, he was, like, I think he, they, like, like unassembled his like the principal's car and yeah. then like reassembled, reassembled it on the, on, on the roof mm-hmm. like it's stuff like that <laughs> what? My, so my high school did that so our prank day was like the year after what? the grade before us got in big trouble for the prank like their prank went too far yeah and so do? we had to be more tame that's for uh, another podcast <laughs> oh. and we had to be more tame so we just did in the court 2019 and red solo cups and like that was the extent oh, and, then to which we and do. you went to an old boys school that sounds like an old girls school <laughs> oh, hey, hey. but, but my, my favorite <laughs> was when the seniors brought in a bunch of sand and oh, a volleyball man. net and then they made a beach volleyball court in the middle of the court oh that's at my high good. school uh, oh my so it was gosh. like useful too because you that's could play sweet. volleyball all day my and then yeah. my favorite all time though was when my brother went there about 
16 years ago. And what they did was they took three sheep and they numbered the sheep one, two, and four. And then let the sheep <laughs> run wild in the school. And so the whole day, everyone was looking for the last the, sheep, the third sheep, the fifth sheep. <laughs> That's, That's so it, good. Yeah, there's some good ones. Um, we, we got like bags and I mean, I wasn't a part of it, but m- during my actual senior year, you were the Dungeons and Dragons. Here. Yeah. You're you're in the, <laughs> right, guys, I need, I need guys. more superpowers to get my, in the dungeons, you guys. Um, no, that was, that was seventh grade. Um, <laughs> Do you actually play D and D? Uh, yeah, I think so. I would remember. I got so into it. <laughs> yeah. Dude. I, I think it maybe was a dream. I don't know. Yeah. So we're not going to press into that. You are. Played, yes, confirmed to play Dungeons and Dragons. My friends out there listening, you know who you are. What was your new character? <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it right now. Okay. I may have had two swords. I think I did. In fact, I know I did. Anyhow, my senior year, we just like 15 people just got like bags of like four cups of flour. And we had this little atrium thing that was like a balcony. And they decided to just like make it make it rain flour all over like the front desk and stuff. It was really stupid. I was like, this is, this is yeah. stuff. So they all got in trouble. Anyhow, my idea, kids, seniors out there, if you're looking for a prank, I have always wanted to see this done is every high school you go to, there's always seagulls flying everywhere. Right? Like yeah. in the parking kind lots. Of, yeah. Maybe maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm if those near water. I, think I yeah. can remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Pigeons. So I, if you do this, I I'll pay you money because it's amazing. But you get bread soaked in NyQuil, you put it on the in the parking lot, and the seagulls eat it, and they fall asleep. And then you take the seagulls, you put them in your backpack, you go inside, and you put them in the lockers. And then throughout the day, the seagulls wake up. No And then it's just, way. like, in the lockers. That is so dangerous. I got a lot of questions here. So you feed them NyQuil. Well, no, no. You soak bread in NyQuil, and then you throw it out, and they're going to eat it because it's food. Yeah. But NyQuil doesn't, like, hit you immediately. That's what I'm saying. So you need to follow these so seagulls? Follow. You need to track them? <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a big assumption. I mean, I'm, just, I'm just a vision guy. Right? And the I just, have you seen this on Reddit or something? I'm just a liberal arts guy. Have, have you guys seen the, the, um, the, the video of that guy that ties a leash on a bee? What? <laughs> yeah, dude, this bee was like, <laughs> this bee was like sleeping or something. It was and a the fly. guy. Wasn't it a fly? Or a fly. And he ties a key, gets a little fishing line. He ties it around him. And then the bee is like flying and he has a He's got a little leech. Has anyone seen the bee movie? Yes. Yeah, that I was like the worst movie. Like a bee <laughs> falls in love with the, or a human falls in love with the bee. Oh, yeah. Like well, quick I don't want to get into that. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> That's just weird. You guys so, are looking at me. <laughs> welcome back to the Sons of Thunder. Thank you for that. So we had a great cast last week with... Uh, yeah. Miss Frasati, that was really cool. Christine, yeah, awesome. she was amazing. What's yeah. her last name? Wohar? Wohar. Okay. Sounds like this. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. And Gaelic. You, I feel like we could have done Wohar. 15 podcasts with her. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. She, uh-huh. she was an amazing speaker. And yeah. she just had so much insight. Like, so much good. Yeah. So many good yeah. nuggets. On a guy who is very deep and dynamic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it is how crazy. old was he when he died? Gosh. 24. Uh, and I guess that's the average age of when a saint lives to oh my goodness good all day. right well speaking of age should we get into uh hey that was good back that was a good age transition so uh today we <laughs> want to talk about spiritual maturity um this idea came to me i'm reading this book right now called three religious rebels and it's about saint robert um and uh he's one of the founders of the cistercian order and he at the age of 15 or 16 he joins religious life his father the uh, Theodoric or Theodoric, how you want, however you want to say it, always has had raised him to be a knight. He was like, you, you know, you're, you're going to be the greatest warrior in this land. Um, and then he told his father, no, I want to join um, religious life. I want to be I want to be celibate. And he had said, there's a higher chivalry that I'm being called to. Um, and his dad responded to him, your, 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 your thighs are too thick and your shoulders too broad to be, uh, to be celibate. <laughs> you know, it's like, you need to be a warrior, you know? <laughs> and so he left and went and joined the religious life. And, and after I think his first six months as being a novice, he, he went to his, his master priest or, you know, like the priest above him training him. And he had said, um, I've been here for months and I've done nothing but just follow orders and I haven't grown. Like I'm not, I'm not growing. And the priest responds and says to him, it has taken you 16 years to grow to this height and weight. Why do you expect the spiritual life to be any different? 
Um, why, why do you expect supernature to be any different? It, it's, it's built on nature. Um, it's, nature needs to come first. And so today we want to talk about spiritual maturity, this idea of, okay, so it's, I'm 23, almost 24 years old, you know, and there's a certain nature that's being built. And, but there's been a supernature kind of stacked on top of that. And, and, you know, sometimes I find myself frustrated with my lack of growth or my seemingly, seemingly like lack of growth. And this idea of maybe like, how do we change it up? You know, how, how do we measure spiritual maturity? If someone is 65 and they come to know their faith, are they any different or any less mature or more mature? Or what does that look like? Um, so I'll lop the ball to you guys. Nice. I, I mean, yeah, that's so interesting what you said, just how we so often think that, oh, like now I want to follow Christ, so I'm going to be the next, you know, Joel Osteen or, you know, who, who, those giant, amazing preachers. Oh. But, um, but like, it is crazy how, you know, how slow the Christian journey is and how, how it takes so long to mature, you know, because mm-hmm. if we like put our nose to the grindstone and, and pray for 20 20 minutes a day, like very consistently, which I still have trouble doing. It, it's, it's just 20 minutes a day and I might be working for eight hours a day, you know? So hmm. it's like, just even in terms of time, you know, it, it's very slow. And if you're, and if you're devoting less, less time, it's just going to take that much longer. And I feel like we demand results. I feel like I demand results, you know, like, Oh, why don't I have these amazing gifts? Why am I not seeing fruits? Or why do, why do I not hear the voice of Christ that clearly? And it's probably just because I need to mature more and I need to give it more time and I need to be more dedicated, you know? So kind of what Eric, you were talking about with maturity, it just, it just takes time and it takes, you know, putting, you know, that discipline. And when I think of a mature person, they, they have virtue and they're very well ordered. They have a lot of well order in their life you know you think of an old man you know he's he's figured out his relationship with his wife he's figured out his relationship with god he's figured out he's figured out like where he is in the world and he has a strong identity you know all of these things and for me to be like oh i'm gonna have a good relationship with my wife you know i'm gonna do all these things and i'm gonna be happy and complete by the age of 24 is like a lot of expectations yeah Yeah. you know wonder the saints ever thought of themselves as spiritually mature. Yeah. So what I'm aware, it doesn't seem like that's the case totally. Um, like in Paul's case, you know. Yeah. How he's the littlest amongst them. And um, I wonder I wonder if it's even something that is really attainable. I kind of want to dive into Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, I was thinking about that because, like, do you think it's a state that we can reach? Or do you just think it's something that we need to strive after, you know? Yeah. Because we, we talked about in the hunger series, you know, how you have to fall in love with the grind and you have to fall in mm. love with the mindset that you have. Yeah. And is spiritual maturity just a mindset mm-hmm. or is it a goal that you should huh. have? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's it's unique because the, the idea of maturity is always to feel like, a, like it's ingrained in responsibility and you know, oh, yeah. ownership and being, you know, whatever, being able to take care of yourself. And um, I think JP2 once said this, but that the, the Catholic faith is an adventure. And often we forget that. And we often, I think, I would say maturity is also an adventure. It's life. I mean, it's like as we get older. Yesterday we were on a retreat at Holy Family Academy with these fifth to eighth graders. And we were talking about how to stay on the path. <laughs> and we had, you know, related it to being on a sports team. How, you know, in a way, each athlete has their own path. And mm-hmm. it takes time to get on that path. So it's like... Not not every kid in that room was a goalie. Like one kid was a on, was on a forward. One kid was a, 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 you know in on a, a defender. I'm not that good with sports or soccer. <laughs> Anyhow, and how each of their role was different, but the main goal was to win. And so ultimately, us as Catholics and Christians, our, our goal is to follow Christ, but it's going to look different for each of us. You know. So I think we can yes attain this idea of spiritual maturity, but it's never really over. I feel like like the race is only one when we get to heaven, like the, yeah. like the game's only yeah. over when we, when we get to heaven. So this idea of like spiritual maturity, I don't know if it's quite attainable, but I think it's a pursuit worth yeah. having. Yeah. yeah. And I want to touch on that adventure part because I think that's the fun of it is not having it yeah. all figured out. When you ask people about like, what were the best years of your life? It was like, Oh, when I was young, you know, when I was in college, when mm. I didn't know what the heck was going on. Yeah. 
but it's like on the reverse side, it seems like we're always trying to like us young people are always trying to figure out what's next, what's going on. I just wish I knew this. I mm-hmm. wish I had this secure. Yeah. But then you look back, you're like, wow, that was really enjoyable. I really liked not knowing everything. I really yeah. liked learning and the adventure side of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so funny that you say that. Cause I was at a wedding on Saturday and we, I was just talking to all these guys, all these, all these dads, you know, they're 50, 60, you know, and and I was talking about like, you know, having a first kid, you know, being in a, in an apartment, you know, making rent, doing all these things. And they were like, I hope you know that like those, those are the days that you're going to look back on and be like, wow, that was, those were the the good old days, you know, those were the glory days. And I think that that can apply to maturity because these men are very mature, very grown, very successful. I mean, have amazing families. And yet they're telling me that, you know, oh, look back and make sure you're enjoying this because you're going to look yeah. back and be like, hey, smile. that was, um, that, those were the glory days. Like that was the grind. And so I, I think that totally applies with, you know, spiritual maturity too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we might look back and be like, wow, we have grown so much. And I even look back on my life right now and I can see how far I've grown yeah. in my spiritual life. Yeah. And there are uh, even moments where I like thought I was really spiritually mature. You know, you have that retreat yeah. high and you're walking around campus and you're like, I know something you don't. Yeah. And you look back and you're like, I knew so little. Yeah. And there's something about like growing in our faith life, you know, maturing in our faith life, you know, you look at a baby and they have so much opportunity, you know, they, they have so many choices Mm. that they could ever make. You know, if you take a baby and an old person, the baby has the most opportunity versus an old person. So it's, it's fun looking back at when we were spiritual babies, you know, spiritually had so much opportunity and we were like, Oh my gosh, I think I got a word from the Holy Spirit, you know, like our first <laughs> word, you know, just things our, like yeah. that, like <laughs> our first word, uh-huh. our first that, step. That, yeah. <laughs> that beauty of it, or like the first time you experience like a high Latin mass or, you yeah. know, I had a, that was really dirty Catholic of me, but like, <laughs> losers, you, know, you just betrayed your trad hand. <laughs> exactly. Just kidding. That's awesome. That, that beauty in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, completely forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I've been practicing active listening, not closed listening. <laughs> That's hard with a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're like, is. what am I going to say Yeah, next? guys, this is really hard on us. Thank <laughs> you for listening. Uh, you know, so I was going to, oh yeah, I was going to talk about, I was talking about this with, talking about this with Brennan Robinson. Okay. And, and he was telling me about the two different types of time, classic Robinson, <laughs> but of, uh, of Kronos and Kairos, you know, it's like Kronos is just like chronological time and then Kairos being God's time yeah. and how most times what's happening chronologically doesn't necessarily always line up with what, like what Kairos, like God's timing and how he can come in at like any moment in the past or the present or the future in a way. And it's this idea of he comes to us and he kind of gives us this revelation or he'll offer healing or this, you know, a word or something that in his time and in that moment, um, that's specifically meant to strengthen us. It's, it's like specifically meant to mature us in a way. And like, it's not saying you measure your, your maturity based off of like how many Kairos events you've, you've had before, yeah. but having those events and understanding them is, is, is a level of maturity. And I think it's yeah. also having those things and then having the maturity and the understanding and the faith to go back to those events and still have them be a source of life. Yeah. And, and so I think an aspect of what spiritual maturity is, is an understanding of the spiritual life, but it has to begin. We've, we've talked about this, but like knowing you, knowing others and then knowing God, like having those three relationships, it really begins with yourself and then comes out into the world, if that makes sense. But I think, I mean, I can't quantify Sean's spiritual maturity. You know, I can't, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's so subjective to each of us. And in a way I think that's beautiful because it's our identity and we all grow at a different rate and we can't compare ourselves. Oh yeah. And I think it has to do with growth. You know, it has to do with growth. I, I'm trying to think of your example in a humanly way, you know, like, Maybe right now, um, you know, I walk past uh, someone's backyard and I smell a barbecue. You know, I smell yeah. someone having a barbecue. And, and, then I, and then I think back to when I was a kid and when I was like throwing the football around with my dad, you know, having a barbecue and things like that. Like how special that moment is in hindsight, you mm-hmm. know, because I've had all my senses tingled in a way. That's a weird word. No, but like I had my senses tingled by the barbecue. Mm. But now walking past, I realize how far I've come from that barbecue. So I think it's really, you know, 
quantifying spiritual maturity has to be, you know, those, or is it Kronos or? Kronos is a yeah, chronological those, time. Those, and then, yeah. Yeah. Just like experiencing those. And I think that we all get them, you know, like not a eureka, but it's, it's mm-hmm. a recognizing our growth. Yeah. And on the subject of quantifying, you know, the age old phrase, quality over quantity. Well, I kind of want to twist that around a little bit and I think consistency over quality over quantity because you can have a quality three hours in adoration or at the high mass and then you know substitute that for a consistent prayer simple prayer in your bedroom five minutes every Mm. day and when you look at the saints they definitely had the quality but they had that consistency the saints I've said this in like multiple podcasts but I'm going to say it again they were experts at doing the ordinary things. They were extraordinary yes. at doing yeah. the ordinary. And so I think going to Kairos, God's time, well, we need to consistently tap into that. It's yeah. like we need to consistently yeah. go to the gym if we want to get bigger. Well, if we want to mature spiritually, get to that next level, get deeper in a relationship mm-hmm. with God, then we need to consistently seek him, yeah. not just seek him at retreats, not just seek him, you know, in weddings, it's good to do that, but we need to consistently come to the Father. Yeah, I think I mean, comparing, like you said, to just working out and like fitness, comparing to fitness, uh, in any any athlete's going to plateau, you know, or like any at any one workout. I think of my time rowing. You know, it's like I had a really great like two k time, like really good sprint time. Got down to like six forty five, right? But then even shaving off like five more seconds, like was incredibly difficult you know like it took 10 times more worth of training or even biking you have to switch it up it's like you can't just do long rides all the time you have to do some sprints you have to do some hills and it's the same thing with lifting it's like if you just push the whole time you're not gonna you're not gonna equate for your the, the pole aspect that you know the opposite end of the muscle in a way and I think the same thing is spiritual. You know, it's, it's okay. So yes, I'm praying a rosary every day. Okay. Awesome. You, like you're not necessarily going to plateau because you're still tapping into that Kairos, you know, aspect. It, you're still tapping into that spiritual life of, of saying the rosary. But I think it's like, maybe change it up. You know what I mean? Like I, I was told you're supposed to change your workout every three months. And for me, the last, I think three weeks, my, my fitness has been all over the place. It's like, I'll, I'll get a really good workout in on Monday and then I just like won't take care of myself for the rest of the week, mm-hmm. you know. And then it's like, oh man, but I, I I'm trying to be healthy. It's like that what the quality. heck? Right? You're stuck yeah. on the quality. Like, yeah. Oh, that was a really good workout. Really, so oh, that probably yeah. should get me through another few. <laughs> Absolutely. And and the thing is, it's, I mean, it's 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 given me this perspective shift of thinking, not um, a quantity over quality, but more so consistency. Like consistency yeah. over quality in a way yeah. of saying, okay. 10 minutes of prayer every morning, 10 minutes of prayer every morning, right? And and it's, so I'm not taking a holy hour. I'm not taking this big chunk of time. I'm taking what I can manage right now, and I'm going to do that consistently. And it's the same thing with working out. Rather than killing yourself for two hours one night, like just work out for an hour, you know, and, and keep it consistent over time. Um, because I think that consistency is maturity. Mm-hmm. I think discipline, you know, I think habits, all of yeah. that is a sign of maturity in the yeah. spiritual life. And then the switching it up keeps it from growing mundane yeah. per se. Yeah. Well, guys, this is fantastic just to hear us bounce these ideas. I'm going to push you three further because I think we're on to something. Oh. But it sounds like, from what I'm hearing, uh, it sounds like, and I want you guys to clarify because I think this is going to help our listener base and ourselves, that what we're doing it all has the effect that this is under my control, that what I'm doing, mm-hmm. what I'm adding to the situation achievement versus receivement. I want you guys to clarify the receiving, the receivement effect of yeah. prima grazia because like, your spiritual life is totally yeah. 100% out of your control. You can dispose yourself to it, but there's nothing you can do to earn it. No matter what, you, like you can earn your corporeal, your bodily effects. Like you put in the time in the gym, Eric, you put in the time yeah. at work, you can, like you see products, but mm-hmm. with God, mm-hmm. it's not like you don't earn love. Mm-hmm. So how do you think God's grace plays into like, like obviously he rewards it. Mm-hmm. He rewards the freedom and like the choice. This is what he wants. Like God wants you to choose willingly and to push with all of the strength, even through the midst of trial and tribulation. But I, I want you guys to hammer in on the receiving yeah. effect of grace. Yeah. And um, when I think of the relationship, right, that's twofold. So, um, because we have free will, it's choosing to spend mm-hmm. time in prayer with God. And God gives us that opportunity and uh, to tap into his grace. We, we can't earn it, right? We can't work towards it. But 
what we can do is seek him. And I think that's, that's how we can really grow in receptivity. Because if I'm not asking God, what do you want me to do with my day? Uh, asking God, you know, or seeking the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Well, if it does happen, I'm not going to necessarily notice it. Um, it's like, even. yeah, it's going to bounce us to E next, but just like what you're reiterating is Matthew six, something seek first the kingdom of God. And then everything that you like, God understands you have daily needs. He understands you need daily bread, but first things first, like you're saying, Jacob, seek, I like the primacy of your life should be a relationship with Jesus. And then out of that, because he's a good, good father, everything will be taken care of providentially. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, John, your question is pertaining to like the metrics of spiritual maturity. It's like, how do you measure spiritual maturity? Yeah, they're different on a level physical. of like receiving something. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, like you talked about, like like the the results of me getting in the gym is you're going to see like there's a, there's an immediate consequence. There's an immediate kind of result of that. And uh, you know, I was telling these kids yesterday on this retreat, like it's it, when I was their age, it was really hard for me to see that the actions I take at their age you know, are going to have a direct influence on who I am when I'm older. And it's the same thing nowadays. It's like what I do in my twenties is going to define who I am in my thirties and then forties, everything like that. Right. So our actions have an immediate consequence. And earlier we were talking about like uncertainty. We were talking about not being in control. And it's, for me, it's the hardest thing to live in an uncontrollable situation. Yeah. Right. And however, I just looking at scripture, like you talked, like you just said it, like if we seek God first, all else will be given, you know, seek God in the kingdom of heaven, all else will be given to us. And then in, in that exact same chapter in Matthew six, he says, do not be anxious. Like I, I feed the birds of the sky, you know what I mean? I and provide sparrows, for the grass right? and the sparrows, you know, mm-hmm. the sparrows aren't worried, you know, like, you know, like it's like he, he provides for creation, you know? And so we need to believe that he's going to provide for us. However, this idea of like Kronos Kairos, I don't want to make the claim that it's like, if we're not, if we're not open to God, we're going to miss him. You know, I think, I think he can penetrate our, our life and our being in his time. Cause that's what Kairos is. However, I think if, if we're not showing up, if we're not listening to this relationship or this conversation, two way street, we're going to miss the lesson. We're going to miss the thing, you know? And a lot of people think of Jesus as just like this vending machine. I'm going to go there, put my quarter in. Here's my 25 minutes, you know, give me something, you know, like E3, give me, give me healing from this situation. You kind of thing, right. You know, and it's like F4, so like I want, really good yeah, I want a word, right. Metaphor. And, but it's, it, but it's, it's, it's more so I think it, it's less about, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of like what would be a contrast to like a vending machine. Cause a vending, like you achieve something, you put something in and you, and you get a result and the slot I think, machine. Maybe a slap machine. Like, yeah, you're just you're you're putting the time in. Yeah, the opposite. The opposite of a vending machine. Yeah, a slap machine. Exactly. You just don't know what you're you're pulling the lever. Yeah, you're you're you don't know what you're gonna get. But at the same time, I think, I mean, (laughs) prayer is in like like faith needs to be receiving over achieving. Like going to mass needs to be receiving things over achieving things. My grandma, my beautiful, you know, 80s something year old grandma, she's amazing. Um, Literally like the only other Catholic person I feel like, like really in my, in my, in my family. Um, She had once told me we were driving her to mass one time out in Wisconsin. And she was like, you know, all these people go to mass and they're like, I don't, I don't get anything from it. And she's like, are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) she's like, she's like, you're you're not supposed to get anything out of mass. You're supposed to give to it. Like you're supposed to give. Oh, you know, so and easily forget that. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. giving that is that we receive, you know, and it's, and it's this idea of anyhow. So around spiritual maturity, around receiving, I think it's a sign of maturity or a sign of spiritual maturity when you can be able to like think critically about this stuff and you don't get caught up in the product. You don't get caught up in the results. It's like, it's, it's that adventure of uncertainty. Cause it's like, sometimes you can plan an adventure too much yeah. and then it's not it, as much. It of an shouldn't adventure, be planned. You know? It should be unplanned, right? Yeah. Like the first step to wisdom is fear of the Lord. And then, like, I don't really know of any other times in the Bible where it tells you the next steps to wisdom. Like, it's just like step one. Are you going to do step one? Are you going to let God have his way? Mm. And then after you enter into wisdom with that submission, that submissive relationship, noting that I'm not God and something else is better than I am. That's the what we talked about, like the vision of identifying that wisdom is greater than you and submitting yourself to it humbly, desiring, thirsting yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. relationship with God somehow that is like, I just, I can't think of any other time in the Bible. Like step one is obviously fear of the, of the Lord is the first step to wisdom. But then I don't know of any step twos or threes. Like then you'd put E3 and yeah. you gotta <laughs> have 75 cents with you. Uh-huh. Otherwise. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, and I think that's what makes it so 
exciting. I mean, that's what makes faith the adventure is the yeah. uncertainty. You know, C.S. Lewis, he had said, you know, his conversion was one of, you know, if this, if, if there's any chance this is true, I have to follow it. You know, like I have to believe in this if, if there's any chance, you know. And, and yeah, so talking about the nature again, um, the older we get, the more nature we have, we're disposed to in a way. Like the sage is a sage because he's the oldest man. He's experienced the most of life. You know, a 12 year old boy we were talking with yesterday, is he going to be able to comprehend the truths of life because he hasn't lived life long enough, you know, and his brain's still forming and things like that. So I think the spiritual life is immediately direct, like directly correlated to our physical life. Train the body, you know, train the body, train the mind kind of thing. With a alternative, because you can think of multiple saints or even uh, servants of the Lord is the like first step to yeah. canonization. But I'm thinking of Maria Goretti yeah. who died at 13 and I've been to her grave with shout out to Nate Rundy uh, when he was still in seminary. <laughs> we were at uh, Maria Goretti's place in Netuno in Italy and it was gorgeous, but she died at 13 and she was wise beyond her age. And Mary, the mother of God, was 14 or 15, give or take, when mm. she gave birth to Christ. Oh, yeah. Prasadi was 24. I mean, Prasadi was 24. Sure. And this might be different for you guys, but I know for certain with my parents at my age, my mom keeps telling me, and I think she's one of the holiest people. It's like her faith life didn't start until she had several children. Like that's often the situation with people. Like they come to realize, Sean, you could probably speak more into this, but when you get mounting responsibilities or you have some catastrophe in your life, that can, as we all know, alter you closer to God or reveal how deeply fragile you are. But, you know, if you're listening to this and you're under 20 or 15 or 30, like you are in a spectacular position, which I'm just getting to your point, Eric, like, yeah, I think there's a correlation maybe, like obviously with wisdom and experience, you learn more about the world and about natural law and God and how he operates, but mm. I don't think it's an exact correlation mm. just because there are all these examples. And then just Kanye even is a great example. He's mid thirties, mid forties, but his like relationship with Jesus is, was exponential. Like it grew from pretty much like he was mm. worshiping Satan. Like he talks about it in this song, like Satan had such a grasp on his yeah. life and then it, it's reversed to like such a freedom. And that's yeah. probably that grace that you just can't account for. Yeah, I think, yeah. actually, I heard this on the news day with Kanye. It goes deeper because um, sometimes you can see it as like, oh, he just made an album about Jesus and he's famous. So, you know, is he really a deep Christian? Um, but I think sometimes just secular works can really show a man's maturity and deepness in the faith. Um, Kanye the other day took a trip to Arizona and he went two days early to spend time with prisoners and yeah, to just speak with him. Prison, yeah. yeah. And staying in a prison. And yeah. like, this isn't just a PR stunt. He's been doing this now for a few years and him and Kim Kardashian were instrumental in prison reform. Really? And so oh, it's yeah. not only is he making music about Jesus and kind of getting that cred in the Catholic circles. I mean, they were playing his music at Archdiocesan Youth Day. Oh, they were? Really, really? Yeah. That's no, amazing. What? But, That's so but funny. he was backing it up with acts of charity. Yeah. That, That's remarkable. Um, helping a prisoner. You know, you don't have to believe in God to just treat someone well, and especially yeah. the outcasts of society. Yeah. Which is really refreshing to see someone come into their faith and then be like, wow, it's really more than just a facade. Yeah, and I think that you're recognizing maturity in that. Maturity in Kanye. You know, you see the maturity, and we kind of talked about the darkroom, but if you're not mature and you're, you know, being put on a pedestal like Kanye might be, and he's not fully mature in his, you know, spiritual life or... You know, he's not going to the prisons and he's still acting a certain way. Like, that's going to be exposed. You yeah. know, we talked about that. And I think it's um, it's super dangerous to, to be. You know, the darkroom is a very good place to, you know, mature and be broke down by, by yeah. God. Well, I mean, John, to your point of, you know, for me when I was, I think, I was probably 14 years old, when I'd say I had like the first encounter, air quotations, with God, like with faith, you know, and, and was like... I've heard this many times, you know, and I was like, but for the first time I actually believe it. And there's a, there's a, there's a new kind of mindset I have towards it. And it's actually like a, it, it's belief. It's not just like a thought about it or it's not just, I've heard it. It's like, there's a certain, like, I choose to believe this now, you know, and it's, it's now done something for me in a way. And you know, whatever, like you're, there's a revelation that has happened. And however, I, I felt I was very limited though. You know, I mean, I'm still in my 14 year old brain, 
right? Going through puberty and, and trying to figure out life and have no idea, no idea who I am. And so yesterday we were talking about with these kids of going through the path and along the path means like going in different roles. Like you look at the professional athletes who we could maybe say like the spiritual Jedis in the spiritual world, like these people like St. Robert, you know, and these, you know, people at monasteries For right Saudi. now. For Saudi, yeah. The, you know, so these professional athletes are wide receivers, and they get really good at being just a wide receiver, you know. But throughout their life, they probably played multiple different positions, you know. Yeah. Like, their, their, their path to maturity looked different, and everyone's path to maturity looks different, and therefore everyone's spirituality looks different. And, and I think that's what makes saints unique. Yes, they're ordinary people that do extraordinary things because of this kind of this Kairos moment or these spiritual things that happen. However, they are unique. Like, they yeah. actually are, like, you know, taking an ordinary person and making them extraordinary can only happen through faith, only through God. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when we talk about greatness, greatness can't be achieved without faith. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, you know, you, you brought up Sansa Maria Goretti and it's these great acts of courage at these little small moments in time that I think speak to spiritual maturity. So it's like, how, how do we measure spiritual maturity? Cause it's yeah. like, I can't just measure it. Like I can measure how much I can curl with my arm. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's what we choose to do in the moment with temptation, what we choose to do in the moment of I'm getting this nudge to pray for this person or, you know, like yeah. just show up to, yeah. to just show up and to pray and to, you know what I mean? Like there's these certain moments and I yeah. think how we measure it is how we respond mm-hmm. to those Kairos moments. I totally agree with that. I think I want to take that further. Just being, I think for growth, you, you have to be broken down, you know, you have to, you have to break down your muscle or if you want to be, a, you know, yeah, a good athlete, good. you need to be broken down yeah. and you know, the growth only happens outside of your comfort zone. I think that's very important um, in growth as a person, you yeah. know, whether, you know, you're, you want to be married, you, you have to go outside of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. you know, to, to propose or yeah. in your faith life, you have to go outside of your comfort zone to, to, you know, make a leap of faith mm-hmm. to say to your friends, Hey, I'm not about that. I'm not going to yeah. do that. And you can see that growth. Mm-hmm. I mean, even with me studying abroad, going and living with a, a woman that does not speak English, that's a lot of growth that happens. You're, you're because you're abroad. So, madre. Yeah. My, my, yeah, say, my on, say on, <laughs> say on. Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're just put in these situations where you're outside of your comfort zone. And I, and I think that, I think, I don't know if it quantifies it, Eric, but I, it, it does show a lot how much someone has been outside of your comfort zone. You know, you even look at Frasati. He, um, we, Christine mentioned this last, last podcast, how she would, he would do these really hard climbs and he would mm. take out life insurance policies. Yeah, so cool. <laughs> like this guy was pushing his life to the limits. Like I can't imagine how much he grew spiritually and emotionally and just mentally, you know, knowing that you might die. Like yeah. that's very far outside of your comfort zone, you know, sure. going up a mountain and being like, I'm, I might not come back down. Yeah. So I think for growth and maturity, um, like all of us are just saying, you know, it can, can happen very quick, but it, it all stems from being outside of your comfort yeah. zone. And Sean, I think you spoke real well into that because for Fursati, it was climbing those mountains for you. It was going to Spain, yeah, you know, living totally. with a host mom who, only spoke Spanish. Yeah. And I think there's so many ways too, which are day to day lives we can go about taking that next step, being bold, Definitely. whether it's, you know, you feel the Holy Spirit telling you to speak with that person on the corner of the street yeah. or whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. And Eric, how you're talking about how, how you respond in those moments. Mm. Like, um, if you're in an uncomfortable moment, what you do defines you that much more. Yeah. You know, what you do in that situation defines you that much more. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I, I love what you're talking about because of, I mean, you only, I believe you only grow outside of your comfort zone Yeah, and you could talk about the comfort zone as plateauing. It's like, you know, I get to this point where I'm like, okay, this is, this is flat land. I'm, I can stand here and uh-huh. I can rest and it's easy. But it's actually climbing those higher mountains in our life. You know, it's like, okay, I'm going to actually work harder and I'm going to make a new mountain. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna build a mountain on top of this. I know um, 
uh, David Goggins talks about. He's like, he's like, when you, when he's like, when you reach the peak of your mountain, he's like, you build another mountain to climb. And he's like, you find that, you know what I mean? He's like, you know, he's like, he's like, in a way that man has reached the peak of like, you know, this human experience, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, whether or not he's Just a great physically. man, that's, I don't know. Right. But I'm saying like physically he's, he's amounted to great things, but he has this mentality of like, you're never at the top, you know? Yeah. Anyhow. So this idea of outside of the comfort zone, I believe risk is a catalyst for growth taking risks with your life, feeling a nudge or saying like, wow, yeah. looking at studying abroad or like for me, it was thinking about like moving out to Colorado. It's like, I don't think I can do that. You know, that, that really freaks me out, but I'm, I'm actually going to, I'm, I'm going to choose to do that because this life is short kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and if I do this, I know it's going to be a catalyst in my growth yeah. and it's going to help me be the man that I'm supposed to be. And so for, for St. Robert, you guys are talking about this and it just reminded me of this passage from the book. So I actually scre- I screenshotted it or I took a picture of it. To, I don't want to read it to you guys. But I mean, that's what St. Robert was. It was just, I, I feel this call to join the monastery. Like, I'm going to go take this risk. And throughout his you know, first six months, he's just frustrated with the obedience. He's like, all I've done is just obey. He's like, this feels like the military kind of thing, right? And the author of the book goes, of course, the lad was too young to realize what was happening to his soul. But the truth was that the divine armorer gripped it between the strong tongs of his all-wise providence. Or, yeah. <laughs> he placed it in the fires of adversity to temper it, on the anvil of misunderstanding to mold it, and was now beating it with the heavy hammer of ungrounded accusations to fashion it so that it would never bend or break. But there was a cooling process, too. God not only plunged the soul into the fires of his, of this, of his forge, he also cooled it in the welcome air of kindness beneath the refreshing breeze of friendship. For the abbot had seen deeper than the master, and yada, yada, yada. God tries souls with fire, but he never destroys them in the flames. And I think we experience maturity through fire. You know, it's just, it's trial by fire. It's gold is perfected in the flame. And, you know, talking about maturity, he said his age, like he was too young to understand what God was doing. And I I believe that right now in my life. Like I am too young to understand actually what the Lord is doing each day with me. And I'm actually, I'm too, I'm too immature to see and look back and actually think of yesterday. You know, I'm so I'm so distracted with so many of these other things I'm trying to grow in. I forget about like, okay, what did I actually learn yesterday? I actually I actually matured yesterday. I, maybe yeah. maybe I took a risk, you know. But I'm just too young, you know. It's like I, I so I I think it does relate in a way to your nature. It does relate in a way to like you have more what's time going to on. experience more things. Well, of course, yeah, yeah. But I mean, just this idea of like, yeah, God puts us through trials. But he doesn't destroy us in those flames. You know, yeah. he puts us in the fire, but he doesn't destroy us. And I think that's maturity. I think that's a catalyst. I mean, fire is a catalyst, if you think about it, chemically. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> if you think about it chemically. Chemically, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you take sulfur and you put it under fire, it turns red. Boom. Nitroglycerin. Have you guys seen Atlantis? The movie Atlantis, the cartoon movie? Oh, no, that Parts was pretty it. early on, like, wasn't it? Like 2000. Like, yeah, 2000 Is that something. on Disney Plus? Yeah, it is. <laughs> dude, shout out to Disney Plus. It's like my VHS shelf digitized. Oh, cool. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Like, wow. you know, in Atlantis, this it. guy, this French guy with like his toothpick, he's like, I got some cherry bombs. I got some nitroglycerin. That wasn't that French. I think he was in the <laughs> East Coast, Texas. Yeah. Any, the French, anyhow, Coast nitroglycerin. Strauss. So uh, what are ways that we can... Um, Thanks, Sean. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, this is good. So what are some ways that we can, you know, step out of our comfort zone spiritually to, mm. you know, not, not see how we mature, but I mean, what yeah. are ways that we can do that? I think one might be just renouncing whatever it is, whatever is holding you back. Um, when I think of growth, you know... Uh, there's so many ways to grow and attack that. And I think sometimes what people don't even really realize until they do a deep look within, like, oh, the fact that I never forgave my cousin for this has held me back in other areas of my life. Yeah. And then just being able to identify, and there's a lot of freedom and just renouncing that lie. You know, maybe someone in middle school told you that you were bad at this or that, and it stuck with you, even if it's subconsciously. But just kind of going back and be like, what what have I not figured out yet? Who have I not forgiven yet? What dirt have I not scrubbed clean? And then yeah. scrubbing it clean and then that freedom that comes with it. Mm. That you didn't realize was impacting other areas of your life. Yeah. And that might, I mean, that reminds me of this, uh, what Jordan Peterson talks about, how 
um, you know, with forest fires, if, if you're constantly preventing forest fires, you know, if you're preventing these fires from happening, usually a forest fire burns just the topsoil and, yeah. and then the growth comes from underneath it. So you, you would just have these regular burns like every 10 years. I don't know how they schedule it. And then the topsoil is able to replenish itself. Mm-hmm. But if you're constantly preventing these forest fires, letting it build up yeah. and you haven't had a forest fire in 100 years, it, it's going to burn so hot that it it scorches the topsoil and so nothing can grow yeah. and you, you see the, the the fires in california they're just devastating and nothing can grow from that so like what you were talking about how letting letting those little fires you know go mm-hmm. and and cleanse you and cleanse your brain and yeah, letting go yeah. of that instead of letting it boil up because i i mean <clears throat> personally as a man uh, i don't know if you guys do this but i i kind of i'm have a huge tendency to internalize and let it, you know, boil up. Hmm. And then every so often the huge forest fire comes, you know, and then it just burns everything. (laughs) (sighs) Rage monster. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a really good point. Yeah. For me, I mean like the whole idea of this anvil, like that's kind of how it feels for me. I feel like I've been being hammered the last year of my life, year and a half. Like, you know, it's just like this constant hammering, you know? Yeah. And I wonder if that's like because I let things build up or no, I think it's just the Lord putting me through my own trial, you know, and, and our lives look different. But I think you're like, you're speaking into this dark room mentality as well. Cause it's oh, like, yeah. like you know, I, I remember I texted, uh, I texted a friend recently and I was just like, yeah, I'm taking the year to just burn the soil, you know, just like make it new, yeah, you yeah. know, like, you know, just burn the soil. You, know, you say talk about burn the boats. It's like burn the soil, you know, and it's like, and it, it turns over into this new this new life. So anyhow, with like maturity, we we need to find ways that are gonna that's gonna burn the soil. But yeah. my answer to your question would be, drop our second F fellowship. And the passage I read it talks about the cool breeze of friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 100 percent honest in saying that I don't think I'd still be a follower of God. I don't think I'd be a Christian anymore if I didn't have the friends and the brotherhood that I have and the people like the fellowship that I've experienced because so much happens. We, we internalize so much and we experience so much and the, the spiritual world is just so deep, you know, and it's so vast and, and it's like a cavern that we've never, it's, it's an eternal cavern and we've only explored one small corner of it. Right. And it's, and, and we want to stay in that corner cause it's well lit. We feel safe, but it's, the idea of venturing out with friends into the rest of that cavern. If we want to bring up Dungeons and Dragons again, like that's what it is. It's like going off into this, to this cavern together. I didn't know there was right? this part of you, dude. <laughs> Get out of my me. But it's like, it's fellowship because we experience things. Like I've gone through stuff and I've, and I've encountered things that like the truths and the really like high points in my life, but then also like really deep valleys of my life. If I didn't have someone to walk through, even if you're an introvert, like even like Sean, like if you're an introvert and you more naturally like, internalize things, it's going to help you to walk with someone to see how they Definitely. experience the faith, you know, in, in comparison to you. So it needs to happen in fellowship. Spiritual maturity cannot happen alone. Self-reliance is the enemy of holiness. Fellowship, fellowship, friendship, anything with others around faith will mature you. And I just finished with um, the idea that you shouldn't allow your same failures, the same two or three stumbling blocks, or as Paul described it, the thorn in his side. Mm. Don't let those, because for me, it's often a, a point of frustration, like a pressure point that I can't get over this um, sin, the personal, whatever cross that you bear. But for, for rather, and this is uh, not only spiritual, but it's a physical application as well, or it's applicable physically, is to see that not as that failure or the not having the actualization of your expectation as an opportunity in itself. And it's not a failure. Like there was not Mm. the fact that you didn't achieve something, but okay, you've hit a dead end and somehow you're like in, we were playing that new Star Wars game. And it's like, you you know, it it shows you that you're supposed to go this way, but take a step back gaze at your surroundings. There's another way out of here. God is that gauge old saying, like you like to say, Mish, God doesn't close a door without opening a window. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes his window is much better. It leads to better places. So all that being said, um, you know, with the two or three stumbling blocks that you will carry the rest of your life, use those as opportunities to grow in intimacy with Jesus. He's waiting for you there. He's waiting for you in those instances that are your sins Mm -hmm. No one else's. And he wants to meet you there. And it's terrible because it's in sin, but you have no control. Yeah. 
And to finish, I want to just give a shout out to James Dill. Man, I'm sorry. It's either James and John, I think. I'm yeah, yeah. projecting, is it? I think some sons Good. of thunder. Projecting the sons of thunder. Are, are, you, talking, are you talking about Bill's kids? Yeah, Bill. Yeah. Uh, they James, are now James and John. <laughs> and if not, I, I'm pretty sure they listen, but they saw us at Arch Sasson Youth Day, and they're part of the CCR youth group, and they're great guys, and um, very grateful that they listen. So shout yeah. out to James and John. Yeah. And Any shout other? out to the Archdiocese. Thanks for giving us such great opportunities. Yep. Archbishop yeah. Hebda and Bishop Cousins. Oh, yeah. Bill. Bill Dill. Bill is a great guy. Academy. Yeah. And Should we talk about theology on top? That's Ooh. happening in the, Why don't yeah. you a little shout out, In Sean? the new year. November. Shoot, that's the month we're in now. You mean January? January. January. <laughs> yeah, in January we'll be at Theology on Top. If you are of age and you would like to come hear about the Catholic Actually, life. I, mean, I don't I, think you I, have to be yeah, of age. It's at a brewery, if you are so. anyone that's interested in this podcast <laughs> and the Catholic faith, Give come us join chance. us in January. <laughs> that reminds me of our very first podcast. We listened to it a couple <laughs> weeks ago. It's just terrible. Give I want to delete all Just give us a chance. We, we shout please listen. At, like the three of us are yelling over each other and Sean's like, please, just, just give us a chance. <laughs> we'll pay you. Yeah. Well, okay, I gotta finish that. <laughs> we'll pay you. Just give us a chance. Anyhow, please give us a chance. In January, sometime, we'll talk about it more. Looks like maybe the, any, was it any Wednesday? Wednesday. Any, a Wednesday in January, we're gonna be going and speaking at a, at, a, at a brewery or a pub or a bar about the Sons of Thunder podcast, and we would love to see you guys there. Get a great turnout. Yeah. Show yeah. up. If you're from Iowa, Drive. It's worth Stay it. Stay tuned to it's find out what day we present. Yes. Yeah, we'll tweet it on Facebook. Or we might just have to listen to and another And we might podcast. have a little giveaway. We might have like a little VIP with the Suns yeah. dinner or something. Who knows? <laughs> uh, we'll throw your double XLC. You only have double XLC. used shirt. <laughs> Why are there so many mustard stains I'll give you my shirt. Why is this a participant trophy? Dude, I just did that a, once at... A, a talk I was giving I don't know where I was But I just threw away Old shirts of mine <laughs> That's legendary <laughs> I was at like a oh, I was there I think where I, was I, heard, I heard about this Spirit, <laughs> Peer ministry retreat about Yeah, yeah like pit stains <laughs> Yeah They were not nice shirts Oh it was the freshman retreat <laughs> Just, <laughs> just like really old shirts From my closet That I didn't want anymore I'm like here you go <laughs> Did people go nuts <laughs> Yeah Because they thought There was going to be Something nice And then it was like The Creed Brat <laughs> Was that like part of your talk Like sometimes sin Looks really appealing And then when you unravel it <laughs> Why is it so dirty <laughs> Why are you give me a dirty shirt Alright This is good banter material To yeah. be continued well, thanks for listening. You got Sean, Jacob. Oh, stupid deep John. Dan, Derek. You got stupid deep John. Stupid deep John. See <laughs> That's my name, Dibs. See Ciao, ya. everyone. Sons of Thunder is a podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered around faith, fellowship, and fitness.